0: guys you're listening to mama knows podcast with your host nina Cavajola, aka balconina join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood mental health self-love and relationships the good bad and funny We're talking about attachment
1: theory, and I honestly didn't really know much about it, so I had to Google it so I can come up with an episode questionnaire. I always send my guests some questions. Anyways, we're talking to Mac again. We talked to Mac in the very first few episodes of Mama Knows Podcast, and it is still one of the top episodes out there. If you are in a relationship or want to get in a relationship or are married, and maybe even just struggling. This is such a good episode, especially if you don't know your attachment theory. And if you do know your attachment theory and don't know how to handle your relationship, it's also a good one to listen to. You will hear me find out which attachment theory I am in this episode. And it's really interesting. And it it just really just makes sense. And again, I married a unicorn and I must protect him at all costs. I'm super thankful for my husband, Tom. And he approves of everything we talk about, by the way. Anyways, let's jump in. Hi, Mac. I'm so excited you're back. You, we were Hi, just saying... how are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. We were just saying, Mac and I were just saying, it's been so long since we chatted and I'm so excited to have him back because he has one of the top episodes from this podcast and we're going to make this one the top. Yay!
0: <laughs> two for two, baby. Two for two.
1: Yeah, Max. So tell us about who you are.
0: So <clears throat> my name is Max Stanley Cazzo. I'm a licensed mental health counselor with a specialization in couples therapy. Um, my, I would say my expertise lay around the concept of overcoming infidelity communication skills. I'm also the owner of Thera- Therapies for Everyone, which is a private practice that's based out of New York City, where I specifically work with couples.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So you're doing it all. You do some you do you love you do a lot of podcasting, don't you?
0: I have been doing a lot of podcasts, yes, but we're taking a break. Yeah. For, this is my last podcast of this year.
1: Oh, I feel so honored. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so my listeners know Tom, my husband, Tom and I are in therapy. We just started therapy I think in August. Wow. And we love it. We we really do love it. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, But uh, today I want you to talk to us about attachment styles. And I personally don't really know a lot about attachment styles. I did have to Google it. I was like, what is how many are there? But just before we dive into like the nitty gritty, can you tell us what are attachment styles within a romantic relationship and why are they
0: important to know? Yeah, so that is an excellent question. Um, So attachment styles is kind of our our way of showing up in relationships and it could could be tied back to our upbringing. Um, I believe the research around it was that the, the primary caregiver would bring their child into the lab and then you put the child down and you walk away. So if you have a secure attachment, your child would be able to go around and play. And when you come back, comes back to you and then go back to playing. So that's part of a circular attachment, meaning this the distance that happens by mom walking away does not um, create a negative reaction out of the child. So they're because they trust that their mom is going to come back for them eventually or whenever they need them. Mm -hmm.
1: What if you have a child who doesn't. Who like cannot and you yes. did nothing wrong.
0: <laughs> so secure attachment is the first one. Um, the next one, we we can talk about avoiding attachment. And that's that's the concept of whenever there's big emotions or big feelings, we tend to run away or walk away. We need the distance, right? Um, so is that the mom brings brings the child into the lab, mom leaves the child there and walks away, and the child just continues to play, but when mom returns does not go back to mom because the child believed that mom is going to leave again and I'm going to be on my own. So I might as well figure it out myself. So what does that look like in relationships? Is whenever there 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 is a trigger where, well, let's talk about it in terms of dating. Um you had a great night with with someone you you met at a bar, you go back home, you have this amazing night. And then you wake up the next day, and they're still in your bed. So now the trigger is: how do I get them out of my house? They smarter. They're smarter than me. They're taking over my life. I need distance, right? Mm-hmm. So, so then the next thing you do is like, hey, your Uber will be here in ten minutes. So it's 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 this concept that you just move from your trigger to your protest behavior.
1: So you don't trust. You don't trust that it's a good thing. So you're pushing
0: it away. Correct. You don't allow yourself to get close because you know that they're going to hurt you. You have a fear of abandonment. So you try to avoid getting, getting close to people, trust, trust, trusting people or being vulnerable with, with people. So the fact that they're still in your household the next day and might want to spend a day with you, that's too vulnerable. That's, that's too much emotions so yeah. happy to create an avoidance from that
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes sense
1: yeah that's sad
0: <laughs> i feel
1: like i feel like i've had like i'm excited to hear the rest but yeah. i have like i feel like i've had a little bit of it all all of them at some point usually
0: right and the the next one is we talked secure avoidant the next one is anxious Anx- anxious attachment so the mom comes Leaves, leaves the child and the child starts crying. The child becomes very anxious at the fact that mom left. When mom returns, mom cannot console that child. The child is still crying and feeling anxious even though mom is present. What does that look like in our relationship? Consistently, consistently needing reassurance, consistently needing to, to be told that you are the one that I want to be with you. When distance is acquired, you start to think to yourself, oh, my God, they they found somebody that's better than me. They're going to leave me. There's something wrong with me. Right. I
1: think I have that one. I think <laughs> I have that
0: one. <laughs> and do you want to hear the amazing thing is? What? Avoidant and anxious tend to always find each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Every single time.
1: OK, so it's so interesting that you say that because it my childhood. So I... Uh single mom, refugee of war. My dad left us. Um, my mom wasn't around much because she was working a lot. Um, and my mom always loved her to death. My mom and I have a really good relationship now. But I remember as a child, she would always make threats to me. Like, I'm leaving. I'm done with this. Like, I'm leaving you. And I've even caught myself say that to my kids. Like, not that I'm leaving them, but I'm like, I got to get out of here. I can't. I can't handle this. And is that how you're kind of as a child creating this like avoidant attachment, like you're just afraid someone's going to leave because for me, I'm anxious. I feel like in all my relationships before, before my husband, I would be, I was the like anxious. I I, I was avoidant and anxious. Kind of like you said, I was a little bit of both. Like I would be, I was a little cocky and I would be like, "Mm, I don't need him. But then if I got close enough, I would be like, whoa, like why isn't he texting me back? Why? is he, you know is he doing this is he doing that and so obviously like i've come a long way with my husband but now i have a question about that because in our therapy sessions we talk a lot about like each other's needs and one of my biggest needs is like affirmation You're so sure. at what point is it my love language versus like anxious attachment like at what where's the where do you draw the line am i just anxious and need him to constantly like assure yes. me Or is that, or do I just want to compliment?
0: (laughs) So the compliment is the reassurance. It's, it's, It's the idea that you're being seen and you're being validated for what it is that you provide to this relationship. So with mom consistently threatening that she's going to leave or walk away, added to the fact that your dad abandoned you. There's this fear of abandonment, which could also lead to a fear of intimacy when you started dating. So now that 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 you're in a marriage in a healthy relationship, that anxious attachment is still present where we consistently need that reassurance. The thing with love languages is, is it doesn't embody you as a whole. Mm-hmm. It just speaks to things that speaks to you.
1: OK. Right?
0: Like us humans, we're very complex. Right. So so this concept that a love language is the only thing that we need to focus on is just not accurate. It's possibly 10% of the equation. Right. So, the fact that you're anxiously attached would also leads me to believe that your husband is secure, securely attached because you've been able to make your relationship work for this amount of time.
1: I think he, he's very comfortable. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's the beauty of it. Right. So, if we go into the dating world in 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 terms of of attachment, when everybody's saying there's pee in the dating pool and I can find a suitable partner, it's actually true, but they're just using the wrong terms. Mm-hmm. Language is very is very is very important. If we're not communicating properly, then we don't know what it is that we need to address. So per the research, fifty percent of the population is securely attached, but the amazing thing is those that are securely attached tend to get into relationship and stay in those relationships, right? Now that leaves you another 50% of avoidant mixed with anxious. (laughs) Now The unhealthy, toxic relationships are being created because avoidant and anxious are complete opposite of each other. So the key is to find those that, that are secured to help you in your journey to become securely attached yourself, but if they're already in relationships, then you're kind of screwed.
1: So, can we put on like a like a job application? Which attachment are you? I'm looking for the secure ones only. <laughs> <laughs> like dating dating profile, looking for secure attachment only. <laughs>
0: and 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 you would think that would be cognizant enough to to think to trust that we should be looking for someone that's securely attached. But in reality, if I'm avoiding, my disposition is to seek some someone that's, that is anxious. Avoiding means i run away from my emotions. Mm-hmm. So seeing someone that that's anxious, that's able to communicate how they are feeling and what emotions are present for them and for them to be able to ask for what they need in terms of reassurance is appealing to me because that tells me I don't need to do that labor emotionally because it's already being done mm-hmm. now someone that's anxious loves someone that's able to not always fall for victim to their emotions that's able to kind of be mellow that's able to be more rad more radical or, or more mindful so we end up matching with each other creating on paper what we refer to as a toxic relationship because we can't meet each other's needs anxious I need reassurance. I'm avoided. I'm running away from emotions. So now we're chasing each other while the avoidant is running away.
1: Mm-hmm. So and then what's the fourth? That was three, right?
0: Yeah, that, I think the the fourth is a mixture of avoidant and 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 anxious. Sometimes it's referred to as disorganized.
1: Okay. All right. So I found my secure. You know, I think hearing you say though I do feel like I mean we've been together 13 years I do feel that he has just really made me more secure in our relationship for sure there are definitely areas where I don't it's more the words more the like tell me that I'm worthy tell me that you're proud of me like things like that it's not really like if he leaves or if he's hanging out with his friends I used to like Younger me in my early to mid 20s, I would be like paranoid. You know, he, he's hanging out with his friends. Like, what's he doing? And right. he never gave me a reason, never gave me a reason to worry ever. Like, but it was just in my head. But now I'm like, I don't care. Please leave. Take three days. Go away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I which trust you. That, which means that you're becoming more secure. So, on average, 25% of people are able to shift their attachment styles okay Right, so you're becoming more more secure so when you guys have a fight or an injury how do you feel
1: oh man that's a loaded question i'm usually this is something we're working on in therapy so nobody judge me i'm usually the like toxic one in the fights i'm usually the one that like says like I'm done with this. Fuck off. Like I'm leaving or not like leaving the marriage, but just like, I'm leaving this room, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm usually that one. That's like, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And then he's usually the one that's like, comes to me and like, says, I thought about this. Like I'm really, you know, he's very rational. He's very logical. He's a very like healthy, healthy arguer. But sometimes Mm -hmm. because of how I am, I like, I just want him to fight with me. So I just like dig deeper um, so these are just areas we're working on. So when we fight, um, it's usually it gets a little ugly. If if I don't just like, I have a really hard time like making eye contact and saying okay, like just being like okay with like the tension. Like I have such a hard time with it. Like I have a, I feel like I just need not that I don't feel like I need to be right, but I feel like I need to be. I don't feel like I need to be right, but I feel like I just need to like be heard.
0: You know, you need what I mean? to be understood. Right, so the cheat code to resolve to resolving a conflict is not to seek agreement because we're both right and we're both wrong because we have a different perspective of the situation, and that's not debatable. Right, meaning we can have the same experience but have a different viewpoint of what took place and how it affects us. So we're not debating the facts. The key is to try to understand each other's perspective. If you were in my shoes, could you understand why I felt? neglected by the lack of presence and thoughtfulness in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So once once we start to label the emotions that allows our partner to be able to connect to those emotions, they can experience that. They can identify themselves. What are the times where I felt neglected as as opposed to the facts, because those become debatable, right? Mm-hmm. And I, as, as an anxious attached individual, it's very important that your emotions are heard and and understood and processed so that the reassurance can be given. The last thing, that the the biggest detrimental um, concept to an anxious attachment is is the feeling of being neglected and too much distance taking place between the two. Then we start to ruminate.
1: Mm. Um,
0: Are they going to leave me? Are they going to find somebody better? Or is this my fault? What do I need to do better? Right. And that's why the reassurance is so important, as well as effective communication skills.
1: So I'm thinking about my listeners right now, and they're probably thinking, OK, I'm this, he's this or whatever. How do you communicate your attachment styles to your partner and say, hey, I listened to this episode and <laughs> Max said da, "Da da." How do you how do you even bring something like this up? And then how do you even like say like I say to my husband all the time I just need reassurance that's mm-hmm. it like that's it's I just need it that's it I love <laughs> and,
0: that.
1: and I don't I know that can be toxic. I know that can be annoying because he's not like that he doesn't need reassurance like to him compliments don't mean anything he's like okay <laughs> you know he's just very secure like as now that we've learned what secure means but um how do you bring it up to your partner and then How do you ask for what you need?
0: First thing first, I just want to applaud you at first for being brave and trusting enough to ask your partner for exactly what you're in need of and to trust that your partner is going to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. Too often, people in relationships shy away from voicing their needs because of this fear and this pattern of being rejected, Mm -hmm. right? If he was to have told you when, when you asked for reassurance, uh, come on again, like what's wrong with you? Why do why you keep asking for this? This is so annoying. Then eventually you'd learn not to even communicate that and allow resentment to grow. So the fact that you are able to communicate it so freely tells me that he's doing a very good job of validating that and meeting those needs. So, oh,
1: yeah. He's so a unicorn.
0: <laughs>
1: he's, a, he's I have a unicorn husband, but... I'll be honest. Like it, did, it wasn't always like that. I, you know, like there's, especially in the beginning of a relationship, and you've probably seen this. Like it's so hard. You don't want to look crazy. You don't want to seem like the anxious crazy one. Um. So then you like fester all this stuff internally.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So but yeah, it took a while.
0: It's a journey, not a marathon. And a lot of times, I have to remind couples that it's a journey. It's not. It's I'm sorry. It's not a sprint. It's a journey. Right. And what there's a my favorite DBT skill is radical acceptance. What's DBT? Dialectical behavioral therapy is just another form and another approach to to therapy. Right. So, So Radical acceptance speaks to accepting reality for what it is instead of trying to romanticize what it's not. Meaning that if you're anxiously attached or avoid avoid and attached, you have to accept your partner for who they are instead of wishing that there were something else. And you also have to accept that this is what your attachment is. By having that, that acceptance, then it's easier to communicate. Hey, this is my style of attachment. And those are the things that I need to feel appreciated and secure in this relationship. And knowing if those things are provided on a consistent basis, I do have a chance of moving away from being anxious or avoidant to becoming secure. Okay. We cannot chastise each other for not having our preferred attachment style. We have to accept it for what it is and work in collaboration to make the necessary changes.
1: Mm. Must be so like nice to be the secure attachment.
0: It's okay. It makes life a lot easier like, like if
1: it just sounds so simple <laughs>
0: Yeah, we don't uh. run away From, from conflicts Right, okay. we're able to process Our emotions um, There's not as much Trigger when it comes to a conflict Like like your husband's able to come back To you and be like, okay, I had a chance to think About this, right, it's not Ruminating, leaving or Or what you might think of him It's being able to self-reflect and look at the patterns and come back to you. like, okay, here's where I went wrong. You know what? I understand this perspective now after you've communicated and I'm sorry for that. Like we have no problem taking accountability. Mm -hmm. We have no problem reflecting and taking blame and taking the necessary steps to correct those things. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, But is there, is it possible to have your attachment style change? I know you said 25% of people can shift their attachment style. But that doesn't seem like... Are you saying the 25 of the 50 that are anxious? Or are you saying 25 total? Like, Can a secure attached person shift into anxious or shift into...
0: I mean, everything is possible, but that's not the norm. Meaning if somebody has a secure attachment and they're dating someone that's anxious or avoidant, and if those individuals are not doing their work or learning how to cope with it, the anxious the secure person will just walk away because they have certain boundaries that they're not willing to compromise. They have a certain amount of patience or they have their limits. Right. And due to the fact that they're they're securely attached, they also understand what is it that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And eventually if if they're not if their needs are not being met or prioritized or if the relationship is becoming too toxic for them, they will walk away. Mm-hmm. But but what's also interesting in today's day and age is that those that are secured get into relationships and it tends to be long term. Mm -hmm. And which also helps those that, that are anxious or avoidant, that's their partner to shift to a more secure attachment. So now the dating P in the dating pool just means they're just anxious and avoidant as the majority and there might be a little sprinkle of secure attachments out there. It's hard to be able to notice the secure attachment because one, we're not seeking that. Two, we tend to partake in the cycle of abuse consistently. Our brain is wired to prefer things that are not continuous, right? Being with a secure attachment, can be boring, right? There's no, (laughs) (laughs) it's true. It's no drama. Exactly, not much toxic. They tend to be very secure and, and, and honest. There's not as much up and downs, right? Like if you are guaranteed a continuous, healthy relationship and for a lot of people that can be boring because it's not really releasing a decent amount of dopamine. Mm. Eventually we get bored of that. But if we are consistently dating in vol- volatile v- relationships in terms of emotions, it's much more engaging. There's more dopamine being released. It's much more fun. So unconsciously, we're finding ourselves in the pattern of date of dating fuckboys boys and asking why do we continue to do that? It's very simple. There's a reward attached to it. Yeah. It's is 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 this concept of if I can get you to like me, then I have the power back. It's the concept of how can I get you to call me or to commit to me? How can I get you to like me? Yeah. Versus who, who it is that I am dating should be as invested in me as I am in them.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's why. What, what happens when you have a marriage or a relationship with two anxious and avoided people? Like what does that look like?
0: Chaos. Yes. Chaos. <sighs> yes. But it's also Ooh, me.
1: Oh my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's also not the norm because they, they they don't find that attractive. If I'm anxious, more than likely I'm not going to seek out someone that's that's also anxious because it's a mirror to who I am. And we're showing the same signs and the same issues. So it's not that attractive to me. That's why anxious and avoidant tend to be the one. That tends to meet up the most.
1: Okay. So it's it's pretty common that they're drawn to each other and not the other way. Correct. And then just this is kind of for the parents listening and you're a parent. So it's probably in, in your mind too. You say this starts in childhood. How can we as parents create like secure attachments with our children to avoid creating future husbands and wives that are <laughs> anxious <laughs> like me.
0: Isn't that a great question? I wish I had the answer, right? Um I, I also feel like a, a lot of times parents are being blamed for the way that children become adults. And I think that's unfair. Um, I wouldn't say it's solely dependent on on the parents. I think the media plays a big role in it. Society plays a big role. Mm. So it's not just the parents. It's the environment that they are being raised in. Mm. But one thing I would say is that um, sleep training is a form of anxious attachment or avoidant attachment. That's not secure at all, right? You're isolating a child into a dark room and they're crying out for you but you're not responding in a way that meets their needs. Mm. So now they are forced to soothe themselves and fall asleep. But in reality, what, what's happening is, well, I can cry and you're not going to come. So I might as well figure it out and just go to sleep. By definition, that's avoid, that's avoiding attachment. Or the parent comes back and try to come, you come five minutes, 10, 8, whatever the case may be. But the child is not being suited because they fear that you're going to leave again, which is anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. But at the other hand, if you try to respond to them as much as possible, then you're like me where you can't tell when you're going to sleep by night or how long you're going to sleep or what the nighttime routine is going to look like. So it's like a catch 22. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say be as loving as possible. Do not use threats like mom. Yeah. Use with you and and just try to be as authoritative not authoritarian mm-hmm. be as authoritative as possible
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's so interesting i have two kids two and five and they were raised almost identical i think i'm a little bit more attached to my two-year-old because she's my last baby so i'm like i just let her like sleep in bed with us all that mm-hmm. stuff but I mean I didn't do much different at all and my 5 year old has that I think I don't think he's fully anxiously attached I think but he just has more I'm I'm thinking more like when we go to put him in like a, a sporting thing or like a extracurricular activity he's definitely more like anxious whereas my 2 year old is like okay bye mom see you soon
0: and that's So I don't know if that's related Um I- you know, there's really no clear cut um, research on that, but I also think that's just the firstborns. Because my daughter, my oldest, is turning four. And to me, she appears very anxious. And if you ask me, I babied that little girl like, yeah, this business. My two year old, who's the second child, if the cops showed up to my house, I know who they're looking for. It's her. <laughs> yeah. She's a badass. She's a badass. Right. So I I I, I I I don't think it's due to how we raise them. I just think it might be a byproduct of being the firstborn, the secondborn, or thirdborn, which is why I don't you can't really blame parents for the, for the attachments. There's just a lot of factors involved that we're not in control of.
1: Mm. So interesting. I feel like I have this. Personality where I'm gonna go do all this like research and attachment <laughs> theories now. <laughs> this was so good. So I just curious, I don't know if you even know this, but is it do you find that certain genders are more one attachment versus the other?
0: That I don't know. I do not know. But if we're to hypothesize, right, let's be a scientist right now, right? Mm-hmm. Based on what we know. If we're looking at the dating world, it's mainly there's more single women than available men. But if we're looking at the world in terms of earth, there's always been more males than women. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to tell. But I I, I honestly don't have that answer. I don't even have a hypothesis. I'm I'm trying to think like, who do I know? and what their attachment styles would be. But I would I, I think just the way that men are raised, we may appear more secure because we're unable to kind of vo- voice our need for reassurance or desire for more validation. Mm-hmm. And at times, if, if you think about it, men tend to engage in more stonewall- stonewalling behaviors, which might be seen as avoiding attachment. Yeah. So... I don't
1: know. It's interesting. I'm curious. I wonder if there's info out there about that. And then what is, just to close it out, what is your top tip for, say, like for your couples that you see in therapy that are anxious or avoidant or both? What is your top tip as far as like, how do you ground yourself in your relationship?
0: Yeah. So if you are avoidant, it's all about setting clear expectations. It's being clear on what you want and learning to override your ne- your negative pattern of thinking, right? So if you're in a relationship and you have an avoidant attachment and injury happen or a conflict, you start to think of all of the negative things about your partner, right? You start to ruminate on all of the negativity. Um, what, what I would ask you to do is first to... Focus on the positivity. Start labeling the positive things about your partner just to counter that negativity. And yeah, so that would be my main tip if you have an avoided attachment, because that stops you from running away and actually um, reward you for coming back. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, by being negative, yeah, you're kind of giving yourself all of the reasons why you should create more distance. By la- by labeling the positivity, it helps you kind of be more focused on repairing the relationship. Now, if you are anxious and you have a conflict, that's when you start to overthink. Are they going to find somebody better or going to leave me? There must be something wrong with me. So what you need to do in reality is to build in what I like to call distractions, Right Instead of thinking those things, do something else. Go play a sport, go to the gym, go to the movies, just watch a movie to distract yourself from what you might be feeling or what you might be thinking. Also, look for evidence that's going to counter what you are saying. We've been married for 10 years, they've never left, so why would they leave now? right? They're just going for a walk. they they will be right back. They didn't call me because they must be busy at work. Or,
1: I, I'm always or, like he's dead on the side of the road somewhere, <laughs> and my life is over.
0: <laughs> right. Or, 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 or another tip would be to call a friend that understands your your attachment that you can communicate those those things to, and then they can create that space for you to get it out, and then remind you of all of the positive things. Mm. Yeah. Yes.
1: All of the above, I can attest to. Love that. Thank you, Mac, so much. This was such a great conversation. I hope to snatch you again in the new year. We can talk about all the other things we need to learn about relationships. But can you tell everybody where we can find you on socials?
0: Yes, you can find me on Instagram as TalkToMacStanley, to, Mac Stanley. Talk to you, the number two, Mac, M-A-C-Stanley, S C A N L E Y.
1: Perfect. And I'll tag everything below. Thank you again, Mac.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you hit subscribe. You leave a review. I love reading your reviews. So if you really found this useful and helpful, a review would be so special to me. And make sure you check out Mac on socials. He's a great resource for anyone who is in a relationship or wants to be in a relationship. And yeah, let's talk next time.